Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking Human. Today on Speaking Human, we navigate back to the year 2012 to re-examine the Mapplegate scandal and map out the most memorable brand controversies of the past 10 years. Speaking Human. Welcome to Speaking Human, where we simplify the world of marketing for humans. I'm Shad Conley, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Jebber. Patrick, you got to tell me, what's your favorite gate? Not like a gate, you know, to get into your backyard, but like water gate, deflate gate. Golden gate. The golden gate bridge. Well, not to get sexual on our podcast, (laughs) uh, but it's really a toss up between nipple gate and penis gate. Mm, Yeah. You know? So if people don't know what Nipplegate is, that was the wardrobe malfunction of 2004 where Justin Timberlake exposed Janet Jackson's breast during the halftime show of the Super Bowl. I mean, a Super Bowl audience doesn't get much bigger than that. It, it doesn't. And then less well-known is Penisgate, which is from 2015, and that's singer Lenny Kravitz. He was performing in Stockholm and he squatted on stage and split his <laughs> pants, revealing his penis to concert goers. Not quite as big of an audience, but still traumatizingly embarrassing. If that's I've a, never even heard of that one. I'm surprised it got its own gate. Right. I mean, what is the worst thing that you could possibly imagine? I was just watching a thing about like people's biggest fears. As a kid, wasn't it your biggest fear, like being in front of your school, like in your underwear or, you know, something like that, right? Can you imagine being in front of huge audiences and like somehow being naked? God, I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Definitely. I mean, Nipplegate's a great one because that was when that happened, that was like a big thing. It was a big thing hanging over like. People were talking about that afterwards, about the Super Bowl, about the NFL, you know, mm. what's happening here was such a big like controversy and outrage. And let's just be honest, Nipplegate is a, just a great, a great <laughs> name. I don't know who came up with it, but it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, the wardrobe malfunction. I mean, you still hear people reference that something that's has lasted well beyond that event. Yeah, and it had, obviously, the big question there was, was it a malfunction? Did they do it on purpose? It seemed pretty planned. I don't know. Was that pre-social media? What was the year of Nipplegate? Do we know? 2004. 2004. So that was pre-social media, which would have been on just on fire. Yeah. Is there another gate that you would pick? Well, it's interesting. You you start going down the gate rabbit hole, which, you know, there's a whole Wikipedia page just devoted to the names of gates. Yeah. One, you can't believe there's so many of them. And two, they're all pretty funny. Yeah. You know, I like Dorito Gate, Flake Gate, Tuna Gate, Wiener Gate, <laughs> Blood Gate, <laughs> yeah. Sandpaper Gate, 
Dongle Gate. These are just some I'm picking out that I think are pretty good. Stain Gate. But yeah. yeah, in the end, I'm kind of like I like I like Deflate Gate. I think there's a nice cadence and and rhyme to that one. Mm-hmm. I think that it kind of works. And honestly, there's probably too many gates at this point. Not everything can be or deserve a gate. Probably our biggest controversies. We should probably save gate for. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Not everything's a gate. Yeah. Anyway, Maple Gate. Another big gate. Ten yeah. years ago, big anniversary for a lot of people who are remembering this major controversy that changed us. It, it definitely changed us. Because everybody remembers Mapplegate, right? Does everyone remember it? No, nobody remembers Mapplegate. Mapplegate doesn't even make the Wikipedia list of gates. Oh, it doesn't. I didn't even notice that. No. Huh. It wasn't a big enough gate. <laughs> I guess not. It's a, it's a small gate. So why are we talking about gates today? Chad, why are we even bringing this up? Well, 10 years ago today, roughly, we were discussing Mapplegate. That was the topic of this show, amongst other things. Episode number four. On that episode, we talked about a few things. We talked about Facebook testing a want button for use by brands. That was a big deal. We talked about Interbrands 2012 most valuable global brands list. Boy, has that changed. The 2012 top five, number one, Coca-Cola, number two, Apple, number three, IBM, number four, Google, number five, Microsoft. The 2021 top five, number one, Apple, number two, Amazon, number three, Microsoft, number four, Google, number five, Samsung. So a little different. And then for our featured review on episode four, we talked about Mapplegate. Do you remember Mapplegate? Other than us having this episode right now being about Mapplegate, if I just said, you know, two weeks ago, hey, do you remember Mapplegate? Would you be like, yeah? Well, I mean, I, you know, I vaguely remember it. I had to listen to the episode to jog my memory. It wasn't that big of an uh, impact, you know, but we did discuss it. So no, and it was a thing at the time and pretty good gate name, mm-hmm. Mapplegate, you know, Map, yeah. Apple Gate. I think it's more creative than some. So what was Mapplegate? Mapplegate was a controversy. You know, one of these things that got people just going on the internet at the time, um, got their blood boiling because with the release of iOS 6, iPhone users were reporting all sorts of problems with Apple Maps. Apple Maps, which were pretty new at the time. Mm -hmm. This is from The Guardian. This is what they were reporting. Within minutes of the launch of the iOS 6 operating system, which comes preloaded with Apple Maps, users were reporting that Paddington Station had vanished. London had been relocated to Ontario. The Sears Tower in Chicago had shrunk, and Helsinki Railway Station had been turned into a park. Dublin, meanwhile, has been gifted a previously undiscovered airport. Eh. Madness. Yeah, it's just the world was thrown into chaos. <laughs> literally, literally the whole world was affected by maps. <laughs> well, if you're trying to use a map and it's taking you, you know, to Ontario instead of London, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, it's definitely a glitch. When we flash back a minute, here's what we thought about Mapplegate back then, back in 2012. Here's our younger selves. Do 
you think it's going to affect the brand and sales? Initially, probably, but I think long term, it's just another one of those things where they'll correct it and it'll get better over time. And people will say, oh, you remember that fiasco of 2012? And they'll be like, yeah, but look at all the things they've done since then. So I don't think long term it's going to hurt anything. I think it's going to take down the company. Oh, do you? 20 years from now, we're going to be like, remember Mapplegate? That really rocked. What was that company called? I don't even remember because they haven't been around for so long. I thought they were so awesome because they had touch screens. Now we never touch anything. <laughs> we don't even touch each other. I haven't seen another human being in 25 years. Oh, those guys. Those young, innocent minds. They had no idea what was coming. So what do you think about our comments? I don't think it tanked Apple like you thought. I'm pretty pretty sure you thought Apple was going away. I thought it was the end of Apple for sure. I still believe this, right? It was a huge undertaking to release those maps. Most of the time, people relate Apple, the brand, to efforts that are, they work really well, the products, right? And I think that Apple map scandal thing was really just about a product that wasn't fully developed at that point and it was causing problems right for some people who were like trying to get places because you know (laughs) that's important so what do you think well i think it's pretty funny that our initial thoughts in 2012 you know 10 years ago were this is pretty dumb i don't know why we're talking about this (laughs) it's just kind of inflated outrage over something that's not really anything yeah And now we've basically lived with that on a daily basis for the past 10 years, right? I mean, this happens every day now. I don't know if it did. It's hard for me to get back into that 2012 space. Mm -hmm. And was this a rare thing or was that happening pretty regularly back then? I don't quite remember, but I know it happens regularly now. Any little thing people blow up on five times a day about these things on Twitter, there's always something, you know, brands are doing something that has people outraged and then it's over in 20 minutes. You know, these things are popping up on a regular basis. I don't know if that was like ingrained in our culture as much 10 years ago as it is now. So maybe it was more notable, but I think we're a little more desensitized to this stuff. It's also funny, the thing we're like, well, not even worth talking about. We're now talking about again. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were covering it more so because it had to do with a brand that wasn't known for having problems like this. Yeah. You know, that was really the whole thing, right? Was it's Apple and Apple's having this problem. And you don't think of that brand and then think of problems. You just don't generally think of that. It was less about the Mapplegate, the actual problem, and more about the brand having a a crisis of sorts, right? Yeah. It was like, whoa, Apple made a mistake? What? Which at the time was just not in their reputation at all. A question to think about now is Mapplegate happens today. Is it less of a big deal or is it a bigger deal? You know, does it get inflated or deflated in today's world? That's a great question. I say it's probably a bigger deal because I think more people are using their phones as their main source of GPS. You know, I kind of joked about the fact that, I mean, I use my GPS, but I wasn't going to like only use my phone, right? Uh, it's kind of the joke. It's my favorite part of the episode. You're like, what is wrong with these people who use their phone for maps? Stop it. 
Use your GPS. You don't need your ma- your phone. You have maps. a separate device for this. Why would you use your phone for this? Get a $99 TomTom or uh, whatever. Garmin. You have a Garmin. Stop. You don't need this. I mean, I said a lot of things on that episode and I'm like, really? I mean, yeah. that's 10 years ago though, right? Yeah, it is. But we talked about Facebook and we actually said, you asked me if they'd ever eclipse 2 billion and I went on the record to say no. <laughs> 2 billion active users. <laughs> Never going to happen. You and I both, you and I both actually had things to say about that and we refused to believe that it could happen. For the record, Facebook had... 2.936, almost 3 billion <laughs> monthly active users in April of 2022. So we were, we were pretty far off the mark, you know. Not great with numbers. Well, you know, like we said, when you get over a billion, who really cares? It's true. A billion was a big deal, but since then, you know. So have you moved away from your GPS or are you still using it? I mostly use my phone now. Okay. So you lied on episode yeah. four. Okay. Well, you know, I've grown. I've evolved, Shad. I've, <laughs> I've adapted to the world around me. You know? So we'll, we'll try to steer clear of the never, never language. I'm going to go uh, on the record to say <laughs> I'm, I'm never going back. <laughs> Although I'd be lying because we're actually looking back on that episode right now. So we are technically in a way going back. You make a good point. You know, I think we can both land on Mapplegate. Probably not one of the most memorable brand disasters in the last 10 years. No, and it's something that they recovered from. Like most brand disasters, we're going to talk about some of those today. Some of them are really, really bad when they happen. Like you go, man, I don't know how they're going to come back from that one. And they do. Yeah, time tends to uh, erase memory of a lot of things and not even you know in this day and age when we're pounded with so much information and so much outrage on a daily basis it heals pretty quick time heals all wounds is what you're saying no no it's not (laughs) i would never say that you never say all because you know that's like never (laughs) (laughs) because 10 years from now we'll be like i still got this wound i got this wound it hurts it hurts you said on episode 157, you're a liar, just like you lied about that GPS. So the next, uh, what we're calling the main event of this episode, most memorable brand disasters. So Shad, we're going to, for our listeners out there, Shad and I are going to list the top five brand controversies or fails or disasters, whatever you want to call them. Gates, if you want to. Gates, yeah. Anything that's happened since this episode episode four from 2012 we have one combined pick and we're each going to share two of our own picks for these disasters these apocalypses brand apocalypse Ooh, i like that that's that's pretty good pr apocalypse there's a lot of different stumbles hurdles that brands have faced over the years it's kind of hard to pick you know which are the most memorable or biggest it's more just like grabbing some that kind of pop to us personally i think there's some of them that you're like, well, that was a pretty big one. But, you know, in general, there's so many of these that happen on a fairly regular basis. It's kind of just pretty subjectively picking out which ones you think, okay, that one kind of stands out in my memory a little bit. For our first one, though, our shared pick, we're going to take you back to the year 2018. I think this is a pretty big one. I think it's pretty notable in the impact that it had on a lot of people. And this is the Facebook Cambridge Analytica 
Scandal. Scandal. You know it's bad if it's a scandal. Yeah, I'd call this a scandal. Word got out, it was discovered that personal data belonging to millions of Facebook users was collected without their consent by the British consulting firm Cambridge Analytica, predominantly to be used for political advertising. So when the news of this came out, it raised a lot of questions about internet and social media privacy and who can access your information online. And these were things that I think a lot of people hadn't really thought about up until that point, both with Facebook and even your information on the internet in general, elevated this conversation in a way I think it hadn't been for a lot of people before. Like, whoa, I thought my stuff was just, I was posting on Facebook. I'm just doing this thing. I didn't know anybody else was kind of accessing this or grabbing my information. And suddenly there's like a raised consciousness of that. This is also around the time people really started turning more on Facebook. A shift. It was already becoming kind of that one of those big companies that people are like, you're too big now. I, I don't like you anymore. But this was a turning point when people are like, well, now you're just evil. Big disaster for Facebook. And I think they're in many ways still trying to recover from that. That's kind of part of their perception now. And that privacy link is kind of stuck to them. People have that in the back of their heads. Yeah, they did before that. And then that just really strengthened that bond between how people perceived Facebook and then the reality of Facebook that really made it more real for most people because they were always fighting the privacy policy debacle that they had going on for years. Right. And then the Cambridge Analytica scandal just it solidified it. So let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. If you could gate that scandal, would it be base gate? That was the first thing that came to mind. Well, yeah. We should do that. We should gate everything. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try our best to gate. That's a tough one to gate, though. Yeah. Because you want your gate to say something about what it, you know, like nipple. The nipple was the, you know, source of controversy, right? Yeah. Well, let's move on to our next one. What do you got for your first individual pick? The first one is the Corona seltzer and the marketing push that they had right as COVID was hitting. And at the time, for a brand that has the same name as a virus that's spreading throughout the globe, it was just unfortunate for them. Nothing even really that they could control, except for the fact that they had these hard seltzers and they, the Corona seltzers, they were pushing them through their marketing campaign. They had already had the marketing efforts already put in place. And then as the coronavirus was spreading, they decided to just continue with the marketing. And one of the ads that I saw was coming ashore soon. And, you know, obviously, I mean, it's a global pandemic, right? Coming ashore soon. That whole marketing campaign, they went ahead with it. I think they should have probably just shelved that, but they didn't. So th that part of it, they had under their control and they decided to move forward. So that created kind of a problem for them. Whether you want to call it a brand disaster or not, definitely didn't help them. Yeah. It's like an ultimate case of bad luck. You know, mm -hmm. it's just a real calamity that kind of falls in your lap and you just have to deal with it. Unfortunate as it is, but yeah, it ends up being kind of a, a PR fiasco, whether you ask for it or not. Sometimes you get those things and you got to work around it and do the best you can. And sometimes you make good choices. Sometimes you, you know, in Corona's case, I think probably the best choice is just 
pull it all and back away for a while. It's all about how you handle it, right? Mm -hmm. After the fact. I mean, it's an unfortunate series of events. Yeah, you're just already in a lost position. You know, there's no real winning there. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of got to deal with it and move forward and wait it out. Yeah. Uh, so I had a combination where uh, two brands got called out for the same thing. It got them some attention, but it also got them some negative attention around the same time or at least within the same year. So I'm going to lump them together. And this is in the year 2015, the year of our Lord, 2015. <laughs> um, in, a, in a category I'm going to call death twist ads. The first one was the nationwide ad telling a story of a young boy saying things like, I'll never learn to ride a bike or get married. But little creatures run around and, you know, lighthearted guitar music plays. And then at the end of the commercial, we find out he won't do those things because he's dead. He died in an accident. The second commercial, also from 2015, was from Adika. A DECA? German supermarket chain. In this one, we see an old man eating dinner alone, and then his children get notices that he's died. Very Mm -hmm. emotional. They return home, only to find that he's alive, and he sent them these notices of his death because he just wanted his children to come home. Two different ads. One about, you know, we think this kid's alive, but really he's dead. The other one, we think the old man is dead but really he's alive, you know, manipulating the viewer's emotions. Well, both these ads got people talking. It wasn't necessarily a net positive, and a lot of that had to do with how and when they were released. The nationwide ad was a Super Bowl ad. So, you know, you had this heavy, you know, handed kind of dead child twist message airing during the Super Bowl, which people found pretty dark, maybe not the right time for something like that, and, you know, also kind of how the ad played out and the, the tone of it was a little jarring to a lot of people. So that got some negative commentary there. And then the ADECA spot was a holiday commercial. So this Mm -hmm. was kind of meant to lift your spirits around the holidays. This got a lot of people talking like, is this good? Do we like, are we supposed to feel good about this? You know, this old man has to pretend he's dead to see his children. So both of them kind of going to some dark places. Do you remember these death twist ads of 2015, Patrick? Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. As a matter of fact, I was going to, I was going to on my list was the boy, Mm, uh, nationwide boy. That is a really good one because the residual negative effect that it has on that brand. We always talk about that on the podcast, right? You're always trying to move the needle and you, you want to move it to the positive, not to the negative. And you know, there are moments, the world is a struggle. Let's just say that world is a struggle, everyone. You're never going to hundred percent of the time have positive attention. That was one of those cases. And they literally had to come out and explain the ad within, I don't know, hours of the game nationwide issued that statement where they were talking about how preventable injuries around the home are the leading cause of childhood deaths in America. And that the sole purpose of the message was to start a conversation, not to sell insurance. That whole thing was them trying to bring attention to uh, home safety and they had a whole website associated yeah. with it. Yeah, we can make a difference and change things. I'm guessing the creative people behind that were pretty proud of that and thought they created something like really bold mm-hmm. and like striking and like attention getting. Well, it did. Got attention. <laughs> it was bold. 
I don't know if I'll ever forget that little boy riding his big wheel and then finding out that he was dead the entire time. Pretty, yeah. It's pretty horrific. Probably not the best way to get that idea across, but yeah, we live, we learn, we live and we learn. So yeah. And maybe taken outside of, you know, maybe if they would have aired that outside of the Super Bowl environment, maybe it would have had a different impact. You know, maybe they could have got that feedback a little less rather than putting it like just throwing it in that spotlight. Maybe it would have had a different response that they could have worked with a little, little better. But as it was, you know, it was it was on one of the biggest commercial stages you can really air an ad. Yeah. So Deathgate, is that what we want to call that one? <laughs> Yeah, Deathgate. <laughs> Deathgate. Um, I mean, where else would you go with that other than Deathgate? And I think we have covered both of those on Speaking Human in some way, shape, or form. They are. You know, one of the things I did to prepare for this was just combing through old Speaking Human posts to see what were some of the uh, controversies, fails, comments, things that had people talking that uh, have gone up in the past 10 years on the site. So good resource if you're into those things. Yeah. It's one thing I don't know if all of our listeners know about Speaking Human is that, you know, we talk on this podcast, we have conversations, we jibber jabber, we kibitz, we have, you know, little uh, water cooler dialogue sessions, but we have a whole website that has tons of resources. You know, we've got commercials from some of these brands, uh, articles that we've written about them, buzz that come out every week with some of the best ones. So there's some really good stuff. What are brands doing? What ads are trending? You know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. On a weekly basis, these things are popping up. Yeah. So check it out. So I stole your other pick. Yeah. What's your backup pick? Well, this is um, an actual tweet from AT&T on 9-11 in 2013. And it is a tweet that shows a picture of a hand holding a phone and it shows a picture of the spotlights honoring the World Trade Center. It's basically holding it in front of the landscape of New York City. When they tweeted it, it was supposed to be honoring 9-11. People were outraged that they were trying to plug a product. They got a huge backlash from that immediately and they pulled the tweet and they issued an apology for it. Yeah. And there's a lot of those where brands get into trouble because people know, you know, a brand generally, if they're on social, if they're producing a commercial, it's because their main goal is to promote the brand. You can mm -hmm. say, well, brands can do, do other things. They can use their clout or their money to bring attention to other things. And they can, but that doesn't take away their other goal, which is traditionally to sell products or to promote, you know, the brand itself. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for people to separate those things. You know, people know that. Mm -hmm. So when, whenever they're doing something like that, you know, whenever the brand name is going out there and then they have something where they're talking about 9-11 or they're, you know, like the nationwide commercial too, there's always that association that's going to be in people's heads and, you know, cause that potential for outrage there because are you manipulating this event? Are you manipulating people's emotions or tragedies in this way to promote your brand or sell your products? Are you using that situation? We've seen a lot of scenarios where that's kind of happened. It's a really fine line when you're doing those things. What would be the gate on that? Never forget gate. Oh, forget gate. Trade gate. The trade trade center. gate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We should gate that one. So what what do you got? What's your other uh, pick? 
Well, I have a brand that learned a pretty big lesson in 2016. So picture this, Patrick. You're walking down the street, got your phone in your pocket, and then it explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the Samsung debacle. You remember, this was a pretty big deal. And I think it is still kind of a big deal. So back in 2016, Samsung was forced to recall all 2.5 million of its Galaxy Note 7s. This was a big hyped smartphone that it had come out with. Whole bunch of customers reported injuries from exploding phones, not just injuries, but you know, phones that were just catching on fire. I think the term exploding phones (laughs) got kind of blown up a little bit, if I can use that phrase. Um, I think they they were catching on fire, they were overheating. People were reporting burns. Uh, there was incidents on airplanes of these kind of catching fire. They got banned from flights. Samsung, for their part, totally bungled the recall. First, they recalled some of the batteries, got replacement batteries. Those turned out to be faulty. They continued to report overheating. You know, they had to do a second recall. And then, you know, finally, they ended up just pulling the plug on the product altogether. Ended up being the largest phone recall in history. You know, they had spent a lot of money in development on the Galaxy Note 7, which was supposed to be a big product for them. And they end up having to just kill off the whole thing after this. And if you remember at the time, this was going on for weeks of people, you know, reporting on this, news stories, headlines about, again, exploding phones. And even now, if you like Google it, Samsung exploding phones, you'll still see like up until last year, this year, stories and questions about exploding phones, people saying it's still happening. There's still this association that I think it's tough to shake off. It's still kind of sticking to Mm. Samsung a little bit. So this is kind of a PR disaster that's lingered on with them, even though we're six years removed from it now. Galaxy gate. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy one, right? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. And it doesn't it invoke this vision when you say exploding phones? Let's keep in mind the definition of explosion. A violent or destructive shattering or blowing apart of something. (laughs) What would be more hilarious is if you looked up the definition of exploding or explosion and it had a picture of the galaxy. (laughs) 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 It's gone that far. It's gone that far. That's a true when you know like a news story has taken on a life of its own. When everybody's talking about exploding phones, when by most definitions, I'm guessing these phones aren't actually exploding. Yeah, they're heating up. But once people start thinking that, right, it's it's gone. It's over. That's a big one. That far exceeds Applegate. Oh, yeah. The maps didn't explode. So that's my final one on the list, you know. Always end with an explosion, that's what I say. Well, those are some really good ones, I think. A lot of brand disasters, but stuff that they've come back from. We all screw up. The thing is, is when you screw up, you want to try to recover as much as you can from the screw up and do it in a way that is genuine. Communicate where you went wrong, how you'll do better. Any crisis is to sort of work through those, I think, in a very honest and transparent way. You know, when you can. Yeah, you kind of mapped out the basic plan whenever you fail or stumble in this way. You know, you just kind of look back. What did I do wrong? How can I make it better? 
rather than trying to pretend like it didn't happen or anything like that. You got to kind of face up to it, see what you can do to correct it and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like you said, I mean, we all screw up and sometimes people forget that and they judge you. <laughs> they do. They'll beat you down a little bit. You got to own that. And you kind of got to eat that for a little bit. It only gets worse when you make it worse is usually what happens with brands. You know, when they kind of pile it on themselves or like exacerbate the problem a little bit, they try to do something to solve the problem and it doesn't necessarily solve the problem or it makes the problem a little worse. Like we saw with Samsung. Once people say anything you have is exploding, just call it a day. Hopefully you got a lot out of this episode about how you can recover, maybe, from a brand disaster, fail, gate. But that's it for today's episode. You can find current and past episodes of the podcast on speakinghuman.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Speaking Human. Catch you then, humans. Speaking Human. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.